Hello, everybody, and welcome to this pre-Memorial Day Brodo episode. First things first, we hope everyone has a safe and healthy Memorial Day. Remember why we're celebrating Memorial Day and all the people who gave their lives for this country to be what it is. And please respect those people and have some fun and have a barbecue and do your thing um, for this it's you know this is always the slow week of fantasy football. Not much to be talked about. Not much to be seen. So today, what we want to do is we want to give you a little free preview of what we've been giving our Patreon subscribers. Thank you everyone so much who already subscribes to the Patreon. Um, the numbers are higher than we ever expected, especially during this pandemic. Especially during the off season, we have some really dedicated fans, and we thank you all. If you want to join the Patreon community, it is Patreon.com/slash Broto Fantasy. Again, that is Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. You could also link to the Patreon on BrotoFantasy.com. You can get tons and tons of extras on there, including an extra episode every week, free giveaways, exclusive access to our Discord. Um, you can have us follow you and you can send us DMs for private questions. So let's say you're in a league with your friends and you don't want them to see uh, our weekly advice every week to your team, then you can DM us um, and tons, tons more. So check that out. BrotoFantasy.com is where you could find it or Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. We've also been pumping out some articles on BrotoFantasy.com. We have a very special new segment called High Stakes Takes with our newest writer, Jake. He is killing the game. So check that out. Michael has started a new series where we Take a deep dive into true throw and true target value. If you don't know what true throw and true target value are, they are exclusive stats to Brodo Fantasy. Our resident genius and favorite special guest, Jason, um, he is a brainiac, goes to law school and still has time to do all of this stuff. Um, he was born this way. Trust me. We're all brothers, I can tell you. Uh, Michael, too. Both of those kids have been geniuses from the beginning. Um, but Jason, he actually, we were looking around and we were like, hey, there's no way to quantify the fantasy points per target or per throw for a quarterback or a running back, tight end, wide receiver. So Jason actually came up with his own stat, which we've been now beta testing basically for the last two years. And basically these stats have shown exactly what we wanted to see. And they are really, really accurate in terms of who will succeed if given opportunity. For example... Two years ago, Ryan Tannehill finished as the number six overall quarterback in true throw value. Jason and Michael in the offseason, while me, stupidly, was telling people, hey, I think Marcus Mariota has a pretty good chance to be in this offense because I think Derrick Henry is going to succeed and I like his weapons, the drafting of A.J. Brown, um, etc. Jason said, hey, no, wait a minute. Ryan Tannehill signed there. And Ryan Tannehill is secretly one of the best fantasy quarterbacks that we have here. I was like, what, what, what are you talking about, Jason? He went to true throw value. He showed us exactly what we were talking about. Two years ago, Ryan Tannehill finished sixth in true throw value. That is not, you're not going to find that stat anywhere else of his actual value when he threw the ball. And that translated to him being the number one overall quarterback when he played last season. Ryan Tannehill brought a lot of people to championships, and he was predicted by true throw value and 
true target value. So today we are going to be giving you a Patreon episode that goes into detail about some players that we think are going to have lower or higher value than people may perceive based on their true throw value numbers. You could also find the article that Michael wrote about this on brotofantasy.com. But until then, please enjoy this episode. And just a reminder before we start, you could find us at Broto Fantasy on Twitter, at Broto FF Tim, at Broto FF Michael, and at Broto FF Jason are our individual pages on Twitter. See what we did there. You can find us at Broto Fantasy on Instagram, and you could also get tons and tons of extras on patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy, and you can get all things Broto on BrotoFantasy.com. So without further ado, let's get right into this episode, the breakdown of true throw value and what kind of effect it could have on this year's ADPs. Patrons, oh patrons, we love you. Young patrons, old patrons too, we love you. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Michael, who's this? Who's this special guest that's on the on the program? Special right guest now? is back. Special <laughs> guest is back. I brought our special guest to the patron. Episode. <laughs> Jason, what's up, man? It's good to see you. It was good. You know, we didn't have Thor to bring on. We didn't have Mike Beers to bring on. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's been studying hard for his uh, law finals. Are you done with all that yet or what? No, this week I finish. This week. Because yeah. right after finals, there's a writing competition for journals and stuff next year. And honestly, that shit, I'm working on it even harder than I was finals. Mm. Well, that's the, that's the type of shit that, that, uh, that helps you get there. How do both of you feel about soon um, becoming the third and fourth bald member of the Petropolis family? Uh, <laughs> I'm already bald. I can make bald jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Just because my hair looks really bad because I haven't had a haircut in forever doesn't mean I'm going bald. Yeah, it has only, it has only to do with the fact that your hairline's like 17 inches uh, back. I've always had a big forehead. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not in denial. But yeah, me and Jason have <laughs> big foreheads. Jason, denial's not just a river in Egypt, kid. This is my normal forehead. Yeah, psych. All right. Anyway, um, enough <laughs> talk about your the twins' foreheads. Uh, today we are going to give you guys a little bit of an insight. Uh, as you know, um, because you're patrons on Brodo, we offer a very special stat. That stat is called true throw value and true target value. Um, if you have not been utilizing these stats yet, I implore you to use these stats. These stats are created by our own lawyer in the flesh, Jason, who decides after he's done with an entire year of law school and uh, studying for finals that he's going to go into a journal competition. That's the type of person that Jason is. So he also, when he sees something that needs fixing, he fixes it. That's the type of person that Jason is. And we were looking around and we we're trying to find these stats. And when me and Michael and Jason look at um, when we when we discuss and we look for stats on fantasy, a lot of the time we're looking for the same thing. And Jason, you know, mentioned that hey, there's no way to know how many fantasy points a quarterback throws per throw, and how many fantasy points a reception is worth for a running back, receiver, or tight end. So we're like, hey. Let's come up with that. And that's exactly what this is. This is true throw values. shows you the value that a throw has, the value that a catch has. So 
Um, for example, if you know for a fact that, and again, it's, it's not given to you in this way, but uh, Jason will explain what, what it is, but I'll just give an example. If you know for a fact that like last year when someone plays the Eagles, the Eagles had a terrible secondary. And when you're playing uh, with the Giants and you have a guy like um, – how to, wow, it's the offseason and I'm forgetting his name. Daniel Jones? Steve Slayton. No, I mean. Darius Slayton. Uh, Darius Slayton. And you realize like, hey, he, this guy's true target value is really high up there. Each one of his receptions is worth about two points. If he can get 10 receptions, then maybe he can get me a 20-point game. And bada bing, bada boom, a 20-point game would happen against the Eagles. Um, so, Jason, that's a little bit of the out of the, like the, I mean, the summary or the abstract of, of what true target value is and true throw value is, why don't you explain to the people exactly what it is? Yeah, um, the easiest way to think about true throw value is as a fancy points per throw, fantasy points per throw. So the quarterback is the easiest to understand where you could essentially say if Patrick Mahomes' true throw value is 0.25, then expect him to get 0.25 fantasy points every time he throws the ball. And I just want, just want to make it clear, that's including incompletions and including touchdowns. So yeah, these are all so, mixed in. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I said it's, a, it's the simple way of thinking about it because there's a lot of numbers behind it. But at the end of the day, that's really what we're trying to compute, how many fantasy points a quarterback gets per throw. Uh, so that's your true throw value. And then the true target value is really just a derivative of that because – if Patrick Mahomes is getting 0.25 fantasy points a throw, those points are going to receivers, tight ends, running backs. Like quarterback fantasy points go to someone else. And that's what true um, target values tell you. If uh, you're getting a target from Patrick Mahomes or getting a target from Daniel Jones, it's two entirely different things. Uh, last season, it was probably better. If, if I had the numbers in front of me, I remember a couple of years ago, Patrick Mahomes was worth two times as many points as Josh Allen. Josh Allen improved a little bit last season. So at that point, it was like every two targets from the Bills was the same as one target from the Chiefs. And that's what I was trying to uh, figure out with true throw target values. It was how many targets does this guy need to see to be valuable? Because everyone can see targets and everyone can say, oh, volume is king, volume is king. But when you're catching a pass, not necessarily because so much of that value relies on your quarterback. Um, so it's a true target value. It's a derivative of true throw value. It tries to tell you what to expect from this player, depending on how many targets he's seeing. And you'll end up finding out that some players getting four to five targets a game are a lot more valuable than some players getting eight targets a game. And that's not something that you could find just by looking at target numbers. So I've explained it. Now Jason's explained it. And now we're about to explain what this episode's all about. And we're about to bring in the the um, analyzer, the analysisizer, the analyst, the guy with the plan who reads the reads it and and converts it, the translator, the person in the concert doing the hand signals, Michael. <laughs> so what? So what Michael is doing is he has started a series of articles. Now there's only one article up right now, but expect a whole bunch more articles before the season starts, a series of articles about true throw values and what they mean and what it could mean in your upcoming drafts coming up. Um, that, that article is on brotofantasy.com right now. So if you want to check it out, if you want to read along, 
Um, I just finished reading a book where I had the book open and I had the audio book playing. It's very, uh, very interesting. You read the book while listening to it? Uh, well, I listen to it mostly, but when I like, so when I'm like doing something, like if I'm washing dishes or cooking food, I can listen to an audio book. But if I want to listen to it and I'm just like sitting down doing nothing, I can't pay attention. So I get the hard copy and I read with it. It's a little weird, man. Why? I mean, cause it's faster than reading, right? No, do you know what it is, man? I have I have trouble um, keeping track of characters when I read. It's a it's a something that's that has haunted me since elementary school. Like, so you need the different voices. Like the different voices is what really helps me. Or like if I see a movie poster, like if I see like the Hunger Games movie poster, and then I read the Hunger Games, I'm good because like I know who's who and I could assign faces. But I don't know. I just I'm just not good at uh not good at names in general, especially in books. Anyway, we just got sidetracked. Yeah, where'd that um, come from? because I was talking about reading and, and listening at the same time. So if you want to go to brodofantasy.com, the article is up. Um, the article is by Michael. He's going to continue to do it. And he's looking at some people who a lot of people are up and down on a lot of these guys, a lot of changing situations, a lot of um, situations where new faces in new places that have been historically good, um, new quarterbacks for people who have been historically good, um, so each one of these guys is in a changing situation. So what could these receivers getting new quarterbacks mean? Let's start with the new number one rod receiver for the Buffalo Bills, and that is Stefan Diggs. Um, Michael, in 2019, according to Michael, in 2019, Stefan uh, Diggs had a preseason ADP of wide receiver 13 and ended as wide receiver 20 in PPR leagues. Um, he was 25th in true target value, so he overproduced what he was expected to. But surprisingly, Kirk Cousins was the seventh overall finisher in true throw value among quarterbacks. On the other hand, Josh Allen was not as good. Michael, what is your what did you glean from looking at Stefan Diggs, and what did you uh, and what is your like prediction going into next year? So Stefan Diggs was. The first person I thought of when I thought of let's make a true value report article because I really wanted to find out what Diggs's expectations would be. What the be. dig is behind Diggs. Exactly. What the dig is behind Diggs. And what his expectations would be this season. And the scoop. Oh, my goodness. The scoopsky Jesus. potatoes. Our special guest is losing it. Yeah, tell, tell the special guest that we're not going to invite him on anymore. He knows that ain't true. We love him too much. So... Anyways, back to Lame. the back to the analysis. <laughs> when we give you the true throw values and true uh, target values, they're very helpful. It's very helpful because you could see where these players are ranked on a per target basis, right? That's the that's the purpose of it. But it may be a bit confusing to understand how to turn that into comparing players, which is what the true value report does and shows you how to better compare it. So for for instance, like you said, Stefan Diggs was wide receiver 20 last year in PPR leagues, 25th in true target value. So per target, he was expected to score the 25th most points of any uh, player in PPR leagues. He ended 20th in that. So ended up being pretty close, but he overachieved a little bit. That was with uh, Kirk Cousins as his quarterback. So the way you do it now is if you want to compare it to Josh Allen, who was QB 20 in terms of true throw value rather than QB 7, Kirk Cousins, you take the targets 
for the player that he saw on a per-game basis. All you have to do, because we broke down everything and turned it into true values, all you have to do is multiply the average per-game target by the true throw value of that quarterback, and the true target number that you get is the new true target number for that year. So in 2019, I multiplied Stefan Diggs's average targets per game. I, uh, I multiplied it by Josh Allen's true throw value, and I multiplied it by Kirk Cousins' true throw value, and it's pretty simple work, and you get the difference of 3.41 true target value with Kirk Cousins and 2.7 true target, 2.71 true target value with Josh Allen. And 0.7 is a big difference when you're talking numbers like 3.4 and 2.7, which is why he goes from wide receiver 25 all the way down to wide receiver 50. Like this is a guy who has been widely, widely touted for years, but he has also always been very inconsistent. And that was one of the digs in his game last year in Minnesota and the year prior in Minnesota. And going to Buffalo now, who John Brown already there, a run-heavy uh, offense, a cold stadium, Josh Allen, an inaccurate quarterback. There are a lot of question marks. So with the ADP of wide receiver 22, which he wasn't even expected to get last year with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, I'm staying away from Stefan Diggs this year. Timmy has himself muted. He made fun of me for the in the Thor Nystrom episode for having myself muted. Payback, Tim. Payback. And I now did. we can't and figure, can't out. figure there it out. There you go. No, I, will, I was reading the true uh, value formula. So what is your idea of where – like if, if the ADP is wide receiver 22 for Diggs, right? So you're staying away from him even at that low of an ADP. Because you well, think yeah, Stephon receiver- Diggs and you think he has the – he has the now he's a number one. He has his own show and wide receiver twenty two. Yeah, that's a lock. Why would I be no. wrong? Yeah, I disagree. Based what? on true target, true throw, and true target value, he would have been wide receiver fifty last year. Sure, we could say he's going to get more uh, targets, more targets maybe from Josh Allen, but I don't even know if that's the case. Can he? Absolutely. Will he? Who knows? John Brown was very good last year in the first half, kind of slowed down in the second half. They have Dawson Knox up and coming. They just signed Zach Moss to pair along with Devin Singletary. I don't know if Stefan Diggs is going to be that target monster. I don't believe he will be. And will he be able to produce with all the targets he receives, where he has dudded plenty of times in his career in Minnesota. And he's just someone who everyone every year that drafts Stefan Diggs wants more. And I don't think that's going to come this year in Buffalo. And at that ADP, with that drastic of a difference between expected true target value in 2019 and actual uh, true target value in 2019, I'm uh, I can't do it at ADP right now. Josh, and I don't. Allen, Josh, and Allen I do not. To, go ahead, go ahead. I do not expect his ADP to drop at all, really, because people aren't gonna, because he'll always have the hype. Even if he dropped down to wide receiver 30 area, then I would consider taking a chance on him because he has the boom weeks. And you like those type of boom players. But when it comes to consistency and things of that sort, I'm just not taking the chance on him as wide receiver 22. And, I mean, uh, even if you think Josh Allen is going to take a step forward, um, he would have to take a giant step forward to make jo- a Diggs a good pick at wide receiver 22. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to the next one. Someone that you're actually higher on this year. 
Michael's favorite guy last year going into draft, someone that he admit he admits that he had he missed the boat on was Juju Smith Schuster. Now, um, a lot of the reason why Juju didn't do well was because of the quarterback injury to Ben Roethlisberger in week one of the season and, and having Duck Hodges and Landry Jones um, and Mason Rudolph throwing to him. So with that being said, uh, what can we expect if Big Ben returns out of Juju Smith-Schuster? And do you think he right now his ADP is wide receiver 14. Do you think that that's someone who could really step his game up? This one was a lot of fun to do. Probably my favorite one to do once I started crunching the numbers. All these guys, I had an inkling of what it would show. Uh, but Juju kind of surprised me. So what the numbers said, like you said, he had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges under center. Two of the worst quarterbacks in true throw value last year. And just overall, if you watched them play, they were hideously terrible. Like, a new level of bad. Juju was 61st in true target value, ended as wide receiver 62 on the season. So it ended up being pretty identical, even though he only played 12 games. But once you dive into the numbers, it gets saucy. Because in 2018, Big Ben, 11th in true throw value. So huge jump there. And like I said, Rudolph and Hodges, 28th and 31st. So bottom five in the league in true throw value in 2019. If you take Juju Smith-Schuster's true target value, and his targets actually, excuse me, and apply it to Big Ben's 2018 true throw value, you get a true target value for Juju that boosts him up to wide receiver 43. And on the surface, that looks gross still. Like, you're like, oh, wide receiver 43, but then you look into it further. He only had six targets a game in 2019. He saw 20, he's, excuse me, he saw 10.4 targets a game in 2018. A ridiculous difference. So I figured we could just bump Juju's targets up to eight per game rather than six, which seems fair. If you give him eight targets per game from Big Ben with Big Ben's true target value from 2018, his true target value jumps all the way up to wide receiver 11. Just adding the two targets per game from six to eight, which is very reasonable, he jumps up to a wide receiver one from a wide receiver four. Pushes to 10 targets a game, which is what he saw in 2018. I think it's a little unreasonable to expect that with the other weapons that are there right now and Big Ben missing the entire season last year. But if you do give him 10 targets a game, his true value, his true target value jumps over five, which is elite territory, and makes him the wide receiver three overall in true target value. Wow. That's a big jump. So you're talking about a guy who has a wide receiver three to wide receiver 43 outlook <laughs> possibilities this year with Big Ben at quarterback, assuming Big Ben stays healthy, which is why he is at wide receiver 14. There is a decent, decent amount of risk, but hot damn, if he gets 10 targets a game with Big Ben and returns back to the chemistry he had two years ago, and is a number one wide receiver, you're going to be very happy that you took the shot. But if Big Ben gets hurt again, if Juju doesn't see as many targets as you'd hope, he could let you down. So right now, I'm on the fence with Juju. Depending how the draft goes is if I'm going to take him or not. Like if I like someone better at that point, maybe if I start running back, running back, and he's still there in the third round, or if he falls to me in the fourth round, I'd rather take the shot on him there. But I won't blame someone if they decide to take the shot on Juju at ADB. And it may not be entirely unreasonable to think Big Ben repeats that performance too. If he had his true throw value last season, 
uh, transferred over from 2018. That would have put him ninth in between Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. And then who else? Jameis Winston, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Hart, Daniel Jones. Those are people that he can probably gain more fantasy points for a throw then. So it's not absurd to think that he ends up at a similar point unless he really comes into the season and is just totally done as a player. But I don't think we should expect that. I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on the entire Steelers offense. Uh, Michael and I were talking about this in the last episode about how James Conner is also a guy where his injury risk is baked into his ADP right now going in the third, fourth round. Like, if I can get James Conner in the third, fourth round, I, I would be ecstatic. And I, and if he could stay healthy, I'd expect a big year from him. This is all on the on the strength of uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger being healthy. By all yeah. reports right now, he's healthy and he's ready to go and he's in the best shape of his life. Um, another guy who's always in the best shape of his life, Tom Brady is going to Tampa Bay, or should I say Tampa Bay, and uh, Jason has expressed concerns about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So, Michael, uh, talk to us. When you look at his true, true throw value and what could be what's going on with Mike Evans, what did you look at in, ter- in terms of this? Look, right away when I started Mike Evans, I knew I was going to find disappointment when it comes to through target value. Because I don't – I'm – Honestly, a little shocked that his ADP hasn't really fallen. It's been the same over the last, like, three years. But that was with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And now, look, he goes – last season, he had an ADP of wide receiver 8. He ended the season as wide receiver 11, but he missed three games. His true target value is wide receiver 5. Likely would have ended around there if he was able to play in those last three games, if not a little higher. So it was basically on par with his actual production. But Jameis Winston was an 11th QB in true throw value. Tom Brady was 27th. I understand that Tom Brady didn't really have weapons. Okay, I get that he was throwing a Julian Edelman only, really. But he's also 43 years old this year. So how much could you really say Tom Brady is going to turn his career his or his his last two seasons around? Or just there's this resurgence at 43 years old, something that's never been done literally ever in the history of the NFL. So now you got Mike Evans, who... Ended as a wide receiver 11 last season. And now he goes to Tom Brady. True target value with Tom Brady's true throw value of 2019 would have made him wide receiver 19 in terms of true target value. I remember all you have to do to compare these numbers since we laid it out there for you, multiply the targets per game by the true throw value and you could find out what these players would score with any quarterback. And that's the fun in these numbers because you could really just find out based on the efficiency and things that occurred last season, you could find out what would have happened if they were with these quarterbacks and if this quarterback had this weapon and things like that. Yeah, so Mike Evans would have slotted in at wide receiver 19 rather than wide receiver 5. And now his ADP is at wide receiver 7. Like like I said, Tom Brady's 43 years old. They have Chris Godwin already there. They have O.J. Howard. They just brought Gronk back. They have Rojo. They just bought uh, drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round. There are so many weapons, and Tom Brady's old hasn't produced a great outside wide receiver since Randy Moss. He, uh, albeit he hasn't had a good outside wide receiver really to turn into a monster. But I just think Mike Evans' ADP is a little ridiculous. He is going to have. He's already been a little inconsistent in his career. 
I think it's going to be even more inconsistent. We're going to see games where he puts up like four points, and then we'll see games where he puts up like 30. But overall, I don't think he's going to match his ADP, so he's not someone I'm looking at this year. Jason. Chris Godwin, if you do the numbers, is going to drop just based on the targets from Jameis and Brady. And you got to expect the number of targets to go down too. They're a good team now. They're not going to be trailing all the time. They're not going to have Jameis throwing pick sixes. It's not great for fantasy. I mean, to be fair, their defense was very good last year in the second half of the season. But with that being said, Jason, Michael and I had a little debate on the last episode. What are your thoughts on this? I say that Tom Brady hasn't produced a a quality outside wide receiver one in fantasy because since Randy Moss because he has not had a quality wide receiver one on the outside since Randy Moss. I mean, the only, the only person I could think of is Antonio Brown for one game in which he caught a touchdown. Um, Josh Gordon's, you know, whatever the hell's going on in his head. Uh, and Malcolm Mitchell, like he, this, he's never really had, he, since Randy Moss, he's never had that outside guy. What do you, how do you feel about him gaining those new targets um, is this something that could cause Tom Brady's true target value? Because, again, these you, you got to take everything that we're talking about with a little bit of a grain of salt because these things could change. This is based on what they did last year and projecting that towards this year. But if Tom Brady has a better season because he has better weapons around him, then all of a sudden this changes. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, but Tom Brady in 2018 was the 17th best quarterback in true throw value compared to 27th in 2019. So, yeah, he can improve, but I don't think he's a top 12 quarterback anymore. He's going to struggle to get fantasy points for throws because he likes to hit slot receivers, running backs, instead of going deep to – I mean, like in that range, you usually see like Matt Ryan because he has Julio Jones to throw deep passes to. So I get not having an outside wide receiver, but that's also because it's a product of him being 40-something years old, and he can't really throw it to the sidelines anymore as well as he used to. So why not utilize the slot guy? Why not utilize the running back? And with Chris Godwin, they have one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So I am concerned about Mike Evans, and I do think that, I mean, of course it matters that he hasn't had a good receiver on the outside, but I also think that it has to do with Tom Brady's age. It's not a coincidence that he stopped throwing there. Speaking of a good wide receiver on the outside, DeAndre Hopkins is leaving the friendly confines of Houston where he – and Deshaun Watson, Texans fans probably thought they'd be seeing that combination for the next five years at least. Um, they get stripped of that because of uh, the Bill O'Brien Chronicles. And he gets to another young quarterback with a lot of upside, Kyler Murray. Now, Kyler Murray is a person who, unless something unforeseen happens, you would expect him to jump up in true throw value this year. And one of the reasons is because New Hopkins is on the outside. So, Michael, what do you think uh, – what did the numbers tell you about what we can expect from DeAndre Hopkins in his new home? Yeah, to start, DeAndre Hopkins is a beast, right? He was the overall wide receiver one last season uh, in preseason ADP. He ended as an overall wide receiver three, was wide receiver two in true target value. So elite, 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 no matter how you look at it, it's been this way for years, right? In 2019, Deshaun Watson was QB9 in terms of true throw value, so pretty damn good when it comes to expected fantasy points per throw. Kyler Murray was 25th. Quite a difference. If you put DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray in 2019, 
his true target value drops under five, which is more of like an elite mark, to a great but not elite 4.14, which makes him wide receiver 10. So look, if you're thinking about drafting DeAndre Hopkins, true target values basically say his floor is wide receiver 10. Right? Like, no matter what, you're drafting a wide receiver one unless he gets hurt or if he just forgets how to play football. You also have to expect, hmm, Kyler Murray was QB 25, sure, but he was also a rookie. Uh, a new system in the NFL that really hasn't been used before was throwing to wide receivers who are good, like they're decent, but they weren't DeAndre Hopkins. So you have to expect Kyler Murray uh, increases his output this year. Well, Kyler Murray also uses legs which does not help his wide receivers. You know, you got to think he's going to steal a couple touchdowns and first downs away from his receivers by using his legs instead. So the question for you, if you want to draft DeAndre Hopkins is, do you want to use a first round pick on a wide receiver who is going to be a wide receiver one, but might not have the upside that he had last year? Or if you want to take an upside running back who could win you uh, your league if they really break out like Miles Sanders, or if Derrick Henry continues his crazy ways, or Austin Eckler in PPR leagues, right? So that's the choice you really have to make when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins with the Cardinals, because true target values still say he's going to be a wide receiver one. He just might not be as dominant as he has been. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts? <sighs> I mean, it's it's... I think Michael's on the money with saying that it's just hard to tell when you're going to a new quarterback, new team. And again, Kyler Murray was a rookie last year. So odds are that his true throw value goes up. But then you got to look at targets where Deshaun Watson had a, one of the, always is one of the highest true throw values. And DeAndre Hopkins is always his first option. But now on a Kingsbury offense, they're going to be coming out with four wide receivers a lot. They like to utilize the running back, tight end even, whereas Houston was really a one-man show because uh, Will Fuller was always injured. So you need to take all of that into consideration, but there's really, honestly, no way DeAndre Hopkins ends outside of the top 12. Like, he's just too good. Murray could just throw it up to him, and he'll catch the ball. So I don't know how I feel about taking him over a few running backs, but I like him at the in the second round. I'm not a, I'm not a big wide receiver in the first round guy, so I'm not going to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team this year. If Wow. Interesting. I will say I've I, actually never owned DeAndre Hopkins, I think, which is absolutely absurd with the amount of at least I don't remember owning I'm, DeAndre Hopkins. At least not on one of your main teams. If you you definitely owned him. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I mean I've probably owned him in like best ball leagues and just leagues I don't really recall. But yeah, in like my home leagues, I don't recall ever having DeAndre Hopkins. When you've played in over like two hundred and fifty leagues in your life, then it's it's easy to forget. Um Yeah, I must have had him somewhere. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I usually like to stay away from new situations that are uncertain. Like I don't like getting receivers who are on new teams and I don't like getting receivers who have new quarterbacks, but there's so many of them this year that it's going to be hard to avoid. And another guy who, you know, people don't realize how young Brandon Cooks is and he is still young and he is still fast and he is going to a Houston Texans team that knows how to utilize fast wide receivers. I think that's not something that can be debated. Um, what did you find in the numbers, Michael, for people looking to draft Brandon Cooks? 
Before Michael starts, I just want to say at the moment, if his ADP stays where it is, I'm going to have Brandon Cooks on every single team. Right every now. team, because people are drafting him as like a wide receiver five on their team. Like, why wouldn't you want Brandon Cooks in that spot? Now on to the analyst. Yeah, there you go. Guys, <laughs> the mentalist. Brandon Cooks was someone. Yo, the mentalist. You guys used to be obsessed with that show. Yeah, I was obsessed with it for a little when I was like 12. It was yeah. good. You guys kind of got me into it. I like binge watched it for like three days straight, and then I stopped and never watched it again. Yeah, it was decent. But look, Brandon Cooks, man, he was someone I wasn't expecting to end up liking. But that's where we are, folks. Let me get into why. Brandon Cooks, ADP last year, wide receiver 14. Anyone who knows me, anyone who listens to the pod, knows I'm not a Brandon Cooks guy. Like, he's someone I never draft. He's someone I think is overrated as a receiver. In my opinion, if you're an actual good NFL receiver, you're not going to be traded from team to team over and over. The team would want you to stay on their team. So that's how I feel about Brandon Cooks. But, yeah, last year, wide receiver 63, and he played in 14 games. Honestly, despicable season for Brandon Cooks. He kind of, like, fell out of favor in that offense. He did have true target value QB 26. Jared Goff throwing to him as well. Jared Goff was pretty miserable last season after a couple good years prior. Now we have Deshaun Watson. Watson, as I said with Nuke, has a true throw value of QB9. So 17 spots above Goff. Now this is similar to Juju Smith-Schuster. We're talking a lot of ranges here. If you give uh, Cooks, if you put him on the Texans last season with his own true throw value, excuse me, true target value, it jumps up half a point. So it goes from 2.11 to 2.63. He goes from wide receiver 67 to wide receiver 55. Still very blech. But just like Juju, he saw a career low in targets. He only saw five targets a game, slightly above five targets a game, Brandon Cooks. Five. In four seasons in his career, he's played all 16 games, which seems absurd, too, when it comes to Brandon Cooks. He's only 26, and he has four seasons of being completely healthy. As long as he doesn't get a concussion, this dude's not going to get hurt. That's the thing. It's just concussions that are really destroying him. In those games, excuse me, in those years where he stayed completely healthy, 7.45 targets per game, which I think is fair in Houston. I don't expect Houston to be leading a lot, really. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Brandon Cooks is the new de facto number one. I don't think David Johnson is going to make a huge impact in that backfield, so they're going to need to be passing. So let's give him the 7.45 targets per game. If you use those targets and multiply it by Deshaun Watson's true throw value, you get a true target value for Cooks at 3.81 or wide receiver 17. A wide receiver two. A mid-range wide receiver two. Brandon Cooks is currently being taken at wide receiver 38. So wide receiver four, a bench piece for fantasy purposes unless you play in a 15-team league or just a super deep league. Like you said, he's young. He's only 26. He has multiple thousand-yard seasons to his name. Even if I don't like the damn guy, the Texans just traded a second-round pick to acquire him. That was, that was probably the most any team would even come close to consider paying. Like I'm, like a second-round pick for a wide receiver is good value to pay. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. With a fair, true target value expectation of wide receiver 17, barring health, which is a big if. But if you're drafting him in the 9th, 10th, 11th round, why not take the upside pick there? If he ends up sucking, oh, no. My ninth round pick isn't panning out. If you lose your league because of that, that's on you. Like that's where you take risks on players. So I'm all aboard the Brandon Cooks train at that ADP. 
because if you can get an every week wide receiver too, especially in best ball leagues too, like even if Brandon Cooks disappears a couple of weeks, this dude is going to have at least three, four games where he puts up 20 plus fantasy points. It'll be impossible not to. Like he'll have zero heading into the fourth quarter, but the Texans will be down 23 and then they lose by four and Brandon Cooks went for 100 yards and two touchdowns in the last two drives or some shit. Like I could see that happening. So I'm all aboard the Brandon Cooks train at ADP. Deshaun Watson is his quarterback. Like, that's it. That's all you need to say. He's the number one for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, uh... And that's a true value report explained, folks. Uh, shout out to that. Uh, by the way, patrons, uh, I know you give us money. Um, we appreciate that. But do you know what's a good way to make money out of the money you give us? Win your fantasy leagues. And there's no way to win more fantasy leagues than to play in more fantasy leagues. Um, There is this league called the FFPC. Um, If you want to give it a shot, uh, they're doing best ball drafts right now. They're doing conditional drafts right now. Uh, You could turn $35 into a shot at $500,000. No lie. All you have to do is go to this article on the Brodo Fantasy site and click the link to sign up yay 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 and you know yay. it's legit because what was i gonna what? say because we said it i don't know i dead ass just like completely forgot what i was gonna say it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 a good site we did it last year um where did i one of my teams was so good like i had who was on it? Yeah, I don't know why Jason doesn't flex more about this. Jason was eighth overall after week one in the championship round. The grand prize was 250K. This year is 500K and entry is only 350 bucks. Jason was eighth overall with two weeks to go. Dude, such a good team. I, of, I'm trying eighth to overall out of like 10,000 teams. Ended top 2% overall. And the 10,000, the people who made it to the championship. Before that, it was like 100,000 or some shit. Austin Eckler. Um, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and it's tight end premium. Cost Aaron Jones. Uh, didn't I have a Robert Woods who killed it for me at the end of the year? Didn't I have a stud wide receiver? Do you remember? I don't know, but my that team was great. I gotta look back on it and talk about it one day. That was a great team. I was following it closely with you near the end of the year there. Yeah, unfortunately, my guys, none of them exploded in the championship weeks. So I ended up not winning the 500 Besides week 14. <laughs> I think Besides Jason's week 14. team put up like 250 points. Because yeah. the, the way it works, your regular season average is what you start with. So out of like 2,500 teams, Jason was like 1,700th. Because he had a pretty low average for teams who made it to the championship round. And then he moved to eighth overall because his team put up like 250. It's a lot of fun. I would I would say play it. And it's only $35. So, like, it's not like you're making that big of an investment. Well, $35 for, like, a best ball league. If you win, then you could get into the $350 entry league next year and then try to win 500 k And that's how it works. Sounds like a plan to me. I'll, bing, be putting, boom. I'll be putting the uh, link for the website in the uh, description of this pod. And that is all. Patrons, beautiful people. We love beautiful you. people. We hope you're staying healthy and safe out you there like that in song this too? unknown world. What? You like that song too? 
What song? Beautiful people. I can't Ed Sheeran and Khalid. It's it's a terrible song. It's Michael atrocious. hates it, so I asked. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not the type of person that's going to be listening to Ed Sheeran and Khalid. Uh, it's all over the radio. I mean, actually, like. It's not like you're going anywhere right now to listen to the radio if you don't play it. So right, I do fuck with Ed Sheeran though. I just I just want to put that out there. Ed Sheeran's my guy. No, oh, yeah, me too. Just the, the song man's got Sharon. swag. There are some interesting comments in this. Uh, on the <laughs> on the article, man, some interesting comments. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's uh, those are some comments. Leave a comment on the article so we can push those comments down. And uh, yeah. We love y'all for real. How are you not going to say what the comment is now? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You got to value board as one comment. You got to see it yourself. All right, guys. Uh, it's time. <laughs> Peace out. Hold oh, on. Man. Who just. <laughs>